0: Welcome to Job Seekers Radio, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. In today's episode, we're talking about healthily coping with impotent leadership and internal politics. And what do you do when your leader is
1: really toxic a red hot mess yeah it's a topic that comes up often you there are many articles out there a quick google search will get you there we did want to talk about it not because others haven't but because i think we have a voice to speak we both have experience with toxic leaders i think everyone who's been around this block uh, more than once has and it's surprising to me that it continues to be such a common instance I I guess what makes some specific boss or a a certain environment toxic is going to depend a lot on how that person or organization has grown into the position they're in. Um, So there's going to be a unique set of reasons. I don't think we need to really analyze the reasons why they're there. It's really just how do we cope with this situation And especially for those who have had a lot of experience in their work and then suddenly find themselves back in a situation that feels toxic or dealing with a leader who doesn't seem to lead well, it can be really frustrating. So we want to talk about this from a sort of a a step back and how we can help ourselves to cope with these situations and find ways to improve them.
0: Tell me if this sounds like you. Have you ever had a new boss? Or a new leader? Yeah. I think we all have. Have you been promised things that didn't happen? Uh, Many times. (laughs) Okay. Tell me if this sounds like you. Is the leader favoring somebody else over you?
1: (gasps) Never. That never happens, right? yeah.
0: Or maybe you feel isolated. You know, working remotely, as I do, I sometimes feel isolated. Like I'm not getting FaceTime or I'm not getting recognition or I'm not... There's certain things I'm not getting.
1: Really, it comes to our own perceptions. Are we actually perceiving this accurately? And so that's a really good caveat to start the conversation. Sometimes we don't see things as clearly as they appear. What we want to talk about isn't so much dealing with the, the times when we misunderstand it. We, we want to encourage everyone to, to look at that objectively, try to get as much input about it from coworkers or other leaders or people who used to work with, with these people because you can always find that out on LinkedIn. Do your due diligence to determine whether or not this is truly a toxic situation or your leader really isn't a good leader, whether that's true impotence in the sense that they don't have the power to make positive change, or maybe they just. Do play favorites. Let,
0: yeah. Let's or or they just choose not to make a decision. Right,
1: they abdicate certain responsibilities. That that's another thing that we see all the time. But we're going to assume that you've done your due diligence and that you have confirmed in a relatively robust way that yes, this is the case that you're dealing with. That they are in fact a poor leader.
0: And I would encourage also people that might be looking for work. This is an opportunity to make sure that you validate everything.
1: Yeah. And
0: make sure that you identify ideal leader and questions for you to identify,
1: okay, how do I know this person is my ideal leader or not? That really comes down to interviewing the interviewer. I've run into a couple of interviewers over the the years that I've done interviews that they don't like that. They feel like uh, they're being controlled or they're losing control of the conversation. And I acknowledge that. I would recommend to our listeners not to worry too much about that because most professional recruiters, whether it's in-house or consultant, they appreciate those interview questions coming back to them because they know you know what you're talking about. They understand how to respond to these questions because they're asking them. The really good interviewers actually like it when you interview them because now you can start really focusing on fit. And this is where that toxicity is going to make its first appearance. We all put our best foot forward. We all want to see the good in the other people, especially if you're out of work and you need a job. You want to see this in a very positive way and, you know, I'm going to fit in and I'm going to make this a great interview. You can't leave your objective hat at the door. You have to interview the other person too. Ask those behavioral questions that are going to give you the insight on how they handle conflict. How do they handle favoritism? How do they handle these things that add to the toxicity in the workplace?
0: And certainly if you're in a role, the approach might be a little bit different Of course, in that, hey, if I'm working and I'm already under this person, what do I do now? And really you need to find a way to continue to perform. And Absolutely. that's going to be really hard because you feel like you're 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 doing it to get their approval or their acknowledgement or whatever. uh, But performing well for yourself and for the organization and maybe even the people that you work alongside, you know, find some motivation there to still perform
1: well for a purpose that other than the leader that might be posing you. Totally agree. The idea that I would start with there is determine as best you can what they truly value. The toxic boss or the ineffective leader is probably going to say something about the values that align with the organization's aspirational values. You know, those things that they put on their website that we believe in this and that, and that's what makes us such a great company. Expect and you should come that. work here. Yes. Yeah. Because you, of that, you should expect that. What I found, though, is that every individual leader has their own personal values. And it may be that it's something they don't really want to talk about because they either don't recognize it as it is, they recognize that it's not really in line with company values, so they're not going to talk about it. What do they ask about? What does performance look like? So when it comes to the question, how am I performing well? Define good performance and then you document that all the way along and that's what you're talking about with that leader to ensure that you are meeting that leader's expectations and what does good performance look like so you're setting the ground rule that they can trust you to get your job done and with toxic bosses or impotent bosses that is the foundation you must establish so that as you do start networking with others either in the organization or in other organizations that you're still standing on solid ground and really it's time to take the high road is is what i'm
0: suggesting is yes perform well and find motivation to do so maintain composure Uh, if this person is truly toxic they're going to find ways to screw you up
1: being diplomatic and like you said
0: tracking everything if it's just the fact that this is an arm's length leader and they're just out to lunch Which does happen Sure Maybe
1: Maybe they're two years From retirement They're just biting their Whatever the
0: reason might be I'm reminded of what Simon Sinek gave Advice to the Millennial generation And that is Be the leader That you wish you had And that means If this leader Is not the one I wish I had And I want to have Maybe bi-weekly One-on-ones Then I'm just going to Schedule those Into his calendar Or her calendar And I'm going to Take control of that Interaction
1: And that's Great advice In fact It's interesting Because uh, the last big company that I worked with did exactly that. They, they actually launched a, a shift in their, their one-on-one program, if you will. It wasn't a, a formalized program, but what they were doing was creating a tool within their company intranet their portal for employees, a process or a a platform where they were going to put the responsibility for scheduling those one-on-one interactions on the employee, not on the leader. And so the idea anyway was to empower those employees to take charge of their own careers, which for some employees that were ready to do that, it was a great tool for those for whom this wasn't they weren't ready for it they sort of got left behind and it really didn't help very much for them but that has been a growing experience for them too the idea that be the leader that you want to have this is one of those principles of leading without authority where you are trying to influence people you want to get their buy-in so you have to adapt to their style or you have to you know connect with their values again these are things that you can do to help to empower yourself in getting what you need
0: this is all valuable experience as well because if you're acting like the leader that you want to have, guess what? It won't be long before you're leading other people for real. Right. And that person is going to be who knows where. At some point you need to make a decision and that is do I want to stick it out here? Sure. Do I want to see the course? Well. Is it worth doing that? Or do I also need to be looking outside at alternatives? Right. my suspicion is both and.
1: Yes. You know. If you're in a situation, and this is going to be different for different people depending on the role, the responsibility they have, the the kind of work that they do. If you're in a situation where your company encourages or at least allows you to volunteer your time or to spend time away, obviously limited amount of time away from your desk, for those organizations that pride themselves in in being active in the community, they will, generally speaking, allow you a little bit of time to do things on your own. They may expect that to be job-related, and maybe they don't. The idea is that you have a a little bit of time, a little bit of bandwidth to start doing things that bring you something of value to yourself. And if you're lucky enough. To be in a situation where you're working for the company and you're performing well, you're connecting with your leader in ways that they feel comfortable with your productivity, then you can start doing other things that give you exposure in the outside community, where you can be a subject matter expert in these different networking groups or association meetings or whatever that might look like. So now you're building your network outside of your company to your point you may then get the call from someone where they want to recruit you into their company so you can actually Escape the toxic boss. This is the perfect scenario, you know, the the way things we want things to, to be. You can also be networking inside your organization in ways that don't undermine the credibility or reputation of your boss. Instead, shows your ability to provide value to the company in other ways or in other places, which then gives you a stronger position in the first place.
0: And what I what I was thinking in this way is that and we've said this on other podcasts, is we should always be looking. Not that we're gonna leave but that we should be aware and when opportunity comes I'm always the type of person I'm all ears eyes and ears open to any opportunity that comes my way. That also applies to learning new skills, meaning if I have an impotent leader, then I need to maybe get into some more communication-heavy education so that I can actually lead this person the way I want to be led. And that might mean things like crucial conversations. I think there's other things that are similar to that where you can learn how to communicate your needs to a boss without being angry,
1: pissed off, needy. These (laughs) educational opportunities are then given giving you things to talk about with your boss. Hey, this is something I learned. And what do you think of that? And so you're actually having a constructive conversation with your current boss about things that you're learning that may help. I'm also thinking about companies that provide education assistance. In other words, they will pay for part or sometimes all of the costs involved in getting a degree. Different ways for you to get out there and look at ways to really find the satisfaction on your own. It's not that you're going to be always just doing whatever you want. There are probably going to be some restrictions. You have the ability to branch out, to do something different. And as long as you're doing things that you can come back to your current boss to say what value is being added by the fact that you're learning these things, the chances are pretty good that is going to serve you well. One of the things I was trying to get at is if I have a
0: new leader that's onboarding and now my norms are a little bit different than they used to be i need to take some time and invest it in that person absolutely before i start through that process of discomfort and fear and uncertainty and this isn't the way we used to do it right and and you don't want to get stuck when you get a new leader you really need to invest the time proactively as part of uh covey seven habits i have those pasted everywhere now is be proactive if you have a new leader Schedule time on their calendar. Get to know them. Even though they're onboarding, maybe you could be part of the onboarding experience. It's an opportunity for you to begin again, especially if you had a leader that was either good or bad or whatever, and they didn't take you with them.
1: Well, I also think about a time when the the group that I was working with got a new leader. There was a reorganization in the company, and a new leader was assigned to our group. And there were a couple of us that were uh, certified in change management methodology. It was my colleague, actually, that started the the process in taking our team through the change management process. So we looked at what is the awareness of the new way of doing things? How aware were we of the values that this person brought into this group as the new leader? What was our awareness, the depth of our awareness of how this is all furthering, with the reorganization, furthering the goals of the organization? How did we fit in this new realm, the idea of desire? Did we want to do this? And in fact, more than half the team left after the reorganization. Those who stayed were the ones that could then realize in some fashion a way to keep the desire to work there, while they improved both their situations and their network. So that's just the first two steps of the methodology. We actually took it all the way through to determine where we stood. And that was really helpful. Actually using
0: on the job, the skills that you had learned for a real situation. Exactly. Huge, huge. Because at some point, you're probably going to need to engage a third party known as human resources, potentially, or the people organization, or whatever they they call it. An
1: employee assistance program where they have outside counselors, that you can talk to, whatever it is.
0: It's important that you all recognize
1: that if this is having
0: an effect on you personally, it's probably having an effect on your emotional status, your ability to cope with even simple things, that you need to exercise your capacity to leverage those third-party resources within either within HR, which isn't always helpful, but it's somebody you can talk to. And sometimes just talking to somebody can make a huge difference.
1: I will say, having worked in HR for as many years as I have... And, and I totally advocate for their help. Many, many HR people are there to help you. I will remind our listeners that HR, often the individuals mean well. The function of that department is to protect the company. If you feel like you need to talk about things that are going to be uncomplimentary of the company or your leader, I would recommend that you turn to an outside source first to process that so that you can learn the right language or approach so that when When you do talk to human resources, you're doing it in a way that is not making you look like you're the enemy of the state because they will have a responsibility to protect the company from liability. That's their role. Just be careful, be mindful of that, and an EAP, an assistance program that is offered Do Take advantage of it. They are an underutilized resource for employees.
0: You may also look at things like exercise. There's a lot of different coping mechanisms, stress reducers, stress reducers, Uh, maybe even engaging a coach would be helpful if you feel like you got it together mentally, but you just need to work through some conversational role play. Great. You can engage a coach like Scott or myself. Uh, We're more than happy to help you. You can certainly contact us through the website at jobseekersradio.com. I know I offer an initiative consultation a short one for free
1: Um, as do i i think most most counselors do anybody who's there to be a mentor for those who charge that's great for those who don't that's great too i remind myself even though my budget is strict that you get what you pay for in all of these cases most people get involved in it because they want to be helpful do reach out to anyone who puts themselves out as a mentor or coach
0: and these could be many different people sure it doesn't just have to be somebody in your company or a coach like us. It could be somebody through Toastmasters, and Toastmasters is a great place to identify people that are in a capacity to help that way. And I think in about terms of conversational yeah, uh, role play and so forth.
1: And you're meeting people on various levels with various perspectives, and all of them are interested in helping you. I also think about the uh, trade associations. There's usually someone involved that is whether it's community outreach or uh, some sort of learning and development aspect of that association they're going to be highly respected and experienced individuals who will also be willing to to mentor or to work as some kind of sounding board for you don't forget that these people are there and they want to be helpful
0: leverage these resources often you feel like you're a, a lone person on an island like uh, Tom Hanks and castaway and it's just right. you and Wilson you know don't feel like you're isolated or uh, without capacity to act. Access- Access some of these resources. They're available to you.
1: And if you're listening to us, you clearly have the ability to get in touch with us. If you're looking for something other than the kind of coaching that we do, we probably know someone who can help you. So don't hesitate to contact
0: us. We'll put you in the right direction or point you in the right direction at least.
1: Something that we haven't really addressed directly is when you're feeling frustrated or angry about the situation of having that impotent leader or maybe you're outside of work, you're not working right now and you're trying to avoid getting into another toxic situation, always have someone on your side to whom you can vent because if i end up bottling all that up and maybe you're not the type that's terribly communicative you you don't share your feelings it is really important let me say that again it is really important that you vent those frustrations to someone else not the person who's interviewing you and if you haven't vented it it will come out in an interview. Oh, absolutely. I think absolutely. both of us have done enough interviewing to see this as a regular thing. You know the people who are angry. And guess what? The people who are angry are not the ones that are getting the jobs. And
0: they know that you're angry. Yes. It, you can't hide these emotions. Right. It's better to process these emotions in a safe environment where where you or somebody else are not going to get injured. Right.
1: Don't pick on your spouse either. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they need
0: a break. <laughs> so. Don't pick the people that are closest <laughs> right. to you to vent to or... Uh, Go back to the same person and hammer them all the time. Right. It's not good either. Yeah.
1: Reach out to someone. Make sure that you've spoken to that mentor, especially someone that will give you the honest feedback that you need. And yeah, you're still sounding kind of angry about this. And then talk to someone. It may be a a professional counselor or therapist who can help you choose the language that can express your true feelings because you do need to be authentic, uh, which is a, topic of a future podcast we'll be doing, you need to choose language that keeps it from expressing anger or frustration. Because what you're looking for is the fit that's going to keep that frustration from happening.
0: And you don't want to escalate, right? You don't want to escalate a frustration into an anger and something that you're going to regret.
1: There's also the idea, and I've seen this too, where we're interviewing someone that has a legitimate gripe, but now they're bringing that into this workplace. Mm. Uh, now let's resolve that before you get hired. Have that ability, the, the the person to vent your frustrations, whatever those feelings are, be sure that you're doing that before you get into the networking and interview conversations.
0: Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 076.
1: We also want to encourage you to download the ebook that we've created it's called the anatomy of a networking conversation it's a free resource all the information that you need in terms of the natural networking conversation
0: and it comes with companion audio so if you're the type of person that love listening to scott and i and i don't know if, who wouldn't hell yeah um then that's also great so you get the book and you get the audio to go with it
1: well thank you for joining us for this episode of job seekers radio your investment of time and your attention is greatly appreciate it
0: there is a link in the show notes for itunes and this is the 800 pound gorilla in the podcast space and we'd really appreciate it if you just take a few seconds to go over there and leave a rate which is a five star well up to five stars give us whatever stars you feel are appropriate and then also a review which is where you get to type in some information about what this podcast has meant to you and how we can be better in this podcast in the future.
1: Sure, you can also give us that feedback on jobseekersradio.com. Also include your questions. If you have questions that are coming up in your job search, go ahead and send those to us. We we do enjoy answering questions in various podcasts that we do. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And in the words of Bob Farrell, of Farrell's Ice Cream Parlors, inspiring self-confidence starts by taking away your employees' fear of failure. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks everybody. everybody.